Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest episode of Game Rivals. I am one of your hosts, Maximilian X, and as always with me is the E3 Weary, the guy who would love to go hunting with Aloy, Sean Templar. How's it going, Sean? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, how are you? I'm good. Uh, E3 is come and gone. So I'm a little bit tired, but uh, got to uh, got to relax a bit, uh, take all of that in, come down from being super excited about certain announcements. Um, if you guys haven't heard the, the the bonus episodes that we did on E3, uh, please check them out. They were very fun. We talked about the first half of E3, the second half of E3. Um, today. Um, not so much more E3 news, but we're going to keep it a bit, a bit simple uh, in this episode. And we're just going to talk about our experience with this year's E3, considering that a lot has changed. Um, the world has changed, of course, with you know the pandemic and uh, everything being digital. Um, and what, what we thought were the highlights, what we thought were the lowlights, what we think can be, be what we hope that they'll do better next year and what we think worked um in this in this case so uh sean what is what what do you feel like what what is your feeling about you know this year's e3 how it all went um i i have i don't mind the format they've chosen i mean i like that they worked with uh, jeff Keeley and had this kind of umbrella which is the summer games fest kind of over it and then e3 was kind of under it and it, it kind of worked well because maybe I think because Keeley has done it in the past with all other sorts of shows. So he brings a lot of experience to the table. Um, to be honest, I wouldn't mind if E3 went on in this format, seeing as um, it's, it's better for us also from a timing point of view, because there's no crazy time zone uh, differences. Everything was in a reasonable time for us to watch instead of uh, staying up late into the night and watching things. Um, I also feel like since they're doing these digital events, they kind of get more to the point instead of dragging stuff out. So like no crazy, um, I don't know what it's called, but I remember when Kinect was first introduced on E3. Oh, they had no, that crazy, no, no crazy animals. Hiccups, yeah. Uh, yeah, they had that, that crazy animal. You know, the little girl came onto stage and yeah. was playing with the animals, you know, those kind of weird tech demos or when they showed ah, up HoloLens with Minecraft. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just, just like forced <laughs> stuff. It, it feels like because they're just, it feels that there's more, more time pressure on them to just show mm. the stuff and, and perform instead of like, for example, the, um, the Square Enix, uh, Square Enix uh, press conference was a, a good example of that, that they showed uh guardians of the galaxy and then they did like an interview and then they showed like a gameplay uh cut and i'm like this is too much man you you could have just shown me the trailer in the beginning and then left it at there or you could have just done a trailer and then a gameplay piece and then leave it at that instead of just dragging it out so when, when i liked how uh microsoft didn't drag stuff out i liked how ubisoft was pretty straightforward uh pun intended um and you know um the Square Enix one was meh. The, the Capcom one was meh. The Namco Bandai one, I didn't even check. I mean, like the only ones I watched were the Nintendo Direct, the, the Microsoft press conference, the the Ubisoft. the Ubisoft forward, 
the Square Enix one. I mean, yeah, they were all good besides Square Enix, but hey, we've said that before. And, you know, I, I like that, that with some games, they just, for example, they did the Battlefield uh, 20, 20, 2042 reveal in the Microsoft press conference. I liked how they did it there. And then later, DICE did a, a bit more extensive stream, uh, like two days later, where they went deeper into the game. And that, that's something yeah. I liked, you know. They should do that more. Yeah. So um, just so people know, like, the, the Summer Game Fest is still on because it's for the entire month of, well, not the entire month because it started on the 12th. But basically from the 12th to the 31st or the 30th, how many days does June have? 30? I think it's 30, 31. Anyway, till the end of the month is Summer Game Fest. So that's still going on. Um, Microsoft is still part of that. So even after E3, they were still showing off more game stuff. I missed that stuff, unfortunately, mostly because I was streaming at the time. Um, so I didn't really catch uh, any of that. Um, but there are a few rectifications. I will say this. There are a few rectifications that we um, need to address that I found out afterwards. So, for example, um, at the Nintendo Direct, they showed off that uh, Life is Strange True Colors and the remastered version are coming to Switch. And that um, the Guardians of the Galaxy game is coming to Switch. Those are not native native games. At least, I think True Colors isn't, and the and the remaster aren't, and neither is um, Guardians. It's cloud based. So okay, but also yeah. in the West or just in Japan? No, like in general. Why would it only be oh, in okay. one well, region? Okay, well, how do they do that? Well, like they do uh, it with. Didn't the other they games. do Assassin's Creed? Uh... Didn't they do only Assassin's Creed Odyssey in Japan or some other high-tech game in Japan only? Yeah, so they did um, Resident Evil 7 and uh, Odyssey in Japan, but recently they actually put some out in the West too. So Control and Hitman oh, are I available as cloud that. games in the West. You didn't yeah. know? We covered this. Like in a direct, like earlier in the year. Wow, you forgot, didn't you? What? On the Switch? Yeah, but how, yeah, well, how does like, it work? It's it's cloud. You download the client. Um, you can try it out for five minutes, and if you want to pay, you, you you can pay. It's full price. It's in the cloud with cloud saves. You can play it on your. But Switch. is this like a proprietary technology that IDOS uses, or is it no, something no, no. that everyone like, can use? No, because otherwise, how would Control be using it? I think there's a company that does it. I think it's a company that does it for the Switch, and uh, other companies can just use it. It's I think just a kit, because the interface for okay. oops, the interface for um, <laughs> what am I saying? The interface for uh, Control and the interface for Hitman is pretty much identical. When you boot up the game, you start off in the cloud uh, interface where you can select what you want to play, if you want to play the trial for five minutes or if you want to directly jump in and like buy it and then just play the full game. Um, by the way, if you play the trial, it does not save your game. So it's not like you can continue on if you bought the trial. If you if you tried the trial, I mean, it's five minutes. What, what are you going to save in five minutes? It's easy to play that again. 
But it is weird to see like control running on a switch or Hitman running on a switch and it actually doesn't look half bad. There's like if you have a good connection, there's like little to no artifacting. I mean it's not it's not GeForce now levels or uh Stadia levels, but you know, gets you through. The only downside is just you're buying you're buying a cloud game. Which, you know, you know how I feel about that. Isn't that the future of gaming as we know it? No, no, that that's bad. Especially for oh, game Yes, I understand bad. for I understand for Nintendo, that's bad because they don't want to, be able to squeeze out every dime from every customer. But if you look at the trend in the industry where... Oh, yeah, um, because you think that no other developers won't do this, aren't are better doing that instead. Like having well, at least they don't bring out games like... Well, at least they don't do the Mario trick in which they bring it out and then pull it off the market. Oh, no, they do stuff like Square Enix where they'll bring out a game for one system and then a generation shift happens. They bring out DLC and they say, well, we're not bringing it out for the old ones where we have more players on it. I t- I'm telling you right now, like, I'm pretty sure we're going to get the Integrate demo, the DLC, we're going to get it on PlayStation 4. Because there's like a small... The install base that has uh, Final Fantasy VII on PlayStation 4 is bigger than the install base of the PlayStation 5. Why would you miss out on so much money? I know. Such a bad idea. Plus I the fact no that idea. if you I'm buy a... probably do it in a few months. Plus if you buy the, like the PS5 version of Final Fantasy 7, it does not come with the DLC. It comes with a code for the DLC. So you can't even resell it to someone or lend it out and expect them to be able to ha- download Integrate. They'd have to pay 20 bucks for it again. Like a stupid DRM thing. Yes. It's almost like EA, the Japanese EA. Oh, please, no. That, that would be very, very bad. I mean, they'd make a lot of money, but that not, not like that. Not like that. We I think it's because have... they're... Yeah. I think because they're kind of desperate that they're resorting to this kind of stuff because, as I said, this Square Enix at the worst press conference, at least I thought it was the worst one, and they didn't oh, have was. a lot of stuff to show. I mean, and it's it's like a desperation move to just keep afloat because, you know, yeah. there's no money coming in otherwise. Well, no, they're getting plenty of money in. Like, a press co- here's the thing, right? So a press conference does not show how well or bad a company is doing. It's just showing what they feel that they can show. Because we know that Square Enix is working on a bunch of other stuff. It's not like they're strapped for cash. They have plenty of mobile games that are bringing in the cash for them. So they're not... They're, here's the thing. They're not strapped for money because of, all, because of all the mobile games they have in Japan. Trust me, they're getting a lot of money out of that. Yeah, but I don't gotcha think based. that they're... That their core audience, that their core audience is is not waiting for mobile games. Their core audience is waiting yeah, for the, stuff the that they're known for. Yeah, but the mobile games is not for their core. It's not just for their core audience. Remember, like stuff like that is not to get just your core audience excited. It's to get the casual audience that maybe once upon a time was a Square Enix fan, um, but they've fallen off since, and this is a way to reconnect with you know IPs that they love because I know. 
at least from uh, anecdotally that there are people that play like for example the um the Dragon Quest Pokemon Go clone is still being played in Japan. It's specifically made for Japan. It's why it's never been out in the West because they have like specific landmarks that are in Japan pop up in the game as like actual tangible like structures in the game. Um, so I don't again. So I don't think that Square Enix is like in trouble financially. It's just that the games that they bring out. Um, or the games that they're working on are still being worked on and they have nothing to show for it at the moment. What they were able to show is what they were able to show. And I feel like their attention, like as a Japanese company, is still focusing on Japan, which it's 2021 Japan. Like, wake up. Like, it's a global thing. Gaming is a global thing. Try and be more global. Like, you have your, you have Western studios, be more global. Um, so, it, you know, it's kind of a bit of a shame that they do stuff like that. Um, and yeah, then you, then people get this, in, gosh darn it, I keep hitting this. Um, then you get this, and people get this impression that they don't have anything going on, despite the fact that we know that they're working on a new Final Fantasy, despite the fact that we know that they're working on two different, um, uh, two different uh, new new games for Switch. We also know that they're working on Dragon Quest Twelve, which is not coming out anytime soon, but we know that they're working on it. They have a lot going for them. We know that Crystal Dynamics probably has a teeny tiny um, uh, team that's probably working on the next Tomb Raider. Um, we still we have the Guardians of the Galaxy they thing better. that's coming out. I'm like I'm assuming that that's the case. I'm I can't really confirm not excited that. For that. What for a new Tomb Raider? No, I'm not excited for the Guardians of the Galaxy game. It gave oh, me Mar- Avengers vibes all over again. <laughs> I'm willing to give it a shot. Um, I don't have high hopes, but I'm not dismissing it outright. I want to see, like, I want to see how it is first before I give my final judgment on the game. Because um, sometimes, like, I've done it before. It's like, oh, this game looks stupid. I'm not gonna play it. And then I hear like a whole bunch of positive things, and I play it and say, okay, I see your point. Um, so, you know, so, so outside of that, um, there were a lot of games announced that we did not cover mostly because they were part of other stuff. Like for example, the PC, uh, the PC game show had like a whole bunch of games in it that got announced, which apparently were really cool. The only downside with the PC game show, just like every other year is it is a show filled to the brim with sponsorships. So they have to advertise every five minutes. Like, like every other, every other, or t- every two games that they announce or show off, there's an ad for something. There's an ad for Intel. There's an ad for Dell. There's an ad for this. There's an ad for that. Like they showed, they showed off this like force feedback engine for steering wheels. Like, Cool. Was it by uh, Fanatec? I think so. I have no idea. I did not pay attention. If it's Fanatec, they're like the was leading this big guys. Blo- for... There was this big block, like this big block where you could put a um, control um, steering wheel on. You probably know it better than I do, so I'm not. I think really it's uh, the Fanatec one. Uh, I can't. Uh, you know, I can tell you from experience because I drove in. Uh, 
so basically there are like multiple steering wheels you have like the basic level entry stuff which use mm-hmm. gears and then you have like a higher level which uses a band and then you have something that for example Fanatec, which is like a really premium offering they use something a system called direct drive um and you need a huge chunky big block that houses all the components in it a couple of weeks ago i was able to try one out and um it's like it's like driving a real car there is there is real resistance on it in fact there is so much resistance on it but the the one i used had the resistance cranked down but mm-hmm. it has so much force on it that if you hit a wall and you don't let go of the wheel or if you hit the wall in a wrong position and you don't let go of the wheel and the wheel turns it will either break your fingers or it will break your arm or push it out of its location dislocate it because there's so much force on that wheel that it will do that. I've heard stories from people that had their thumbs broken because they were holding the steering wheel and then the wheel just turned ah. and that they didn't uh, anticipate it. But that's how powerful that stuff is. And that's how realistic it feels. I mean, like if you go over curbs, you can feel the minute, the, like the subtle vibrations in the steering wheel while you go over a curb. Um, and that's only the steering wheel. There are mods that you can put under your chair, which is like a big vibration motor under your chair. And then your chair will vibrate if you have if you drive, for example, also move based on the layout on the track. It's like sim racing is is, is something crazy. It's crazy expensive, uh, but it's only meant for people that are, you know, don't go go thinking, oh, I'll just head it, go into the sport and I'll just do it like it's nothing. I mean, it's for that kind of like the, the flight sim audience. Those are also dedicated people. Um, but it's funny that Fanatec you would sponsor such uh, such a thing because. Uh, I mean, they make a a shitload of money mm. already. Oh, now we know. Now, now we know why. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's because, kind of disappointing because it's not a bad show. Like, if you take all the sponsorships out of it, you have a solid like forty five an hour show. But just putting the ads in it bumps it up to ninety minutes, and it just gets boring and drags on forever. Yeah, I not, couldn't like, watch not, it. It was so uh, it was so like, cringy. Yeah, like nothing against the hosts. Um, <laughs> like I feel like the hosts, you know, do the job that they need to do. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It just it just it just drags on a bit too long. So and cringy, um, sure and cringy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else outside of the stuff that we already talked about. Um, uh, maybe uh, people haven't heard the episode yet, but. Um, I will say this, the winners for this E3 were definitely the gamers, obviously, because we got a, at the very least, we got a decent amount of games announced. Um, if it's, if it's sure, if it's sure. People it's got to, to see you, Elden Ring. We got to see Elden Ring, finally. Um, it's up to you if the, all the yeah. game announcements were your cup of tea. I know that not everything is everybody's cup of tea. Um, I was super excited, for example, for Metroid Dread. Um, I was a... I keep they had me at Battlefield. My damn pop filter. Yeah, I assumed that that would be the case. <laughs> um, Battlefield. Yeah, so... Yeah, bring it. Mm, I'm curious, though. It, it's kind of a shame that the online is not the same, so there's no cross-generational multiplayer, because I think on the current generation, it's only 64, and, on the, and then on next-gen, it's 128. So that's kind of that's a it little is. bit disappointing, but I understand why that's the case. 
Um, what uh, else? The, the cool thing is, is they were really able to convey that in the trailers that 128 people in the in the server. I really felt that because in some moments I was like, "Whoa, this is so crowdy! Oh, whoa, this is so this is so crazy!" But at the same time, it it feels like all-out warfare. It feels like crazy. There was a tornado. Yeah, and who knows what else? Hmm. Thunderstorms, maybe. But I will say it, it is impressive to see all of that stuff going on while people are playing the game. Like I, I think I said it off mic um, the last time we recorded, but ba- or maybe I said it on mic. I don't remember. Um, this week has been a blur. <laughs> um, but like I said, I I'm not surprised. Like on the first day, some people are gonna be like, "Hey, stop the shooting." Let's all gather in one spot, all 128. Let's make sure we're all in one spot and then let the mayhem commence. That would be something awesome to see because at that point, they are oh, promising really? up to 100 and up to, they said, up to 120 frames. So that means it's not hitting the 100. It's not solid, but that's fine. Um, I want to see how far that frame rate drops as soon as everybody tries to shoot each other, 128 people. Because that's more than like a battle royale game, and even then, um, I mean, technically they can come together well, I mean, when they do the they do like the, uh, the the screenings and the and the concerts in Fortnite. It's like a bu- hundred people in there, so or a hundred people per server in there. So yeah, of instance or whatever you want to call it. I think Warzone. I think Warzone supports uh, 150 players in Verdansk on PS4 and Xbox One. But have you ever seen it go up that high? Uh, I only play Rebirth lately, so I haven't played it. But I think I have seen over 100 people in uh, Warzone. Because I don't remember that when I was playing. So maybe it's just me. Yeah, but the issue with Verdansk is that the map is so massive, you just randomly get snapped by somebody and then you don't see it. <laughs> Whereas with Rebirth, it's only 40 people, but you see a lot more people. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, anything else that popped out to you that you want to like address in this? Um, I'm, I want to commend, and that's a conversation I had with a friend of mine. I like... Uh, Microsoft clearly has a win with with uh, xCloud or um, Xbox Cloud Gaming and also with Game Pass. And it is it is they offer tremendous value for Game Pass, bringing 27 games to Game Pass on day one, both on PC, if there's a PC version, and on Xbox. And apparently um, they're going to keep the Xbox One owners in that cycle as well by having the... I think that's where the cloud pro part comes in, where... The game will run off of an Xbox Series X and it will be streamed to an Xbox One. Um, but you will get kind of like Series X kind of graphics on an Xbox One since there's just streaming involved. Um, hmm. That will apparently also be... Reli- yeah, of course, it will be dependent on your internet connection. I think it's a huge... It's a, a smart move because that way you keep those Xbox One players invested as well. Um, if they don't want to get a Series X just yet, they can still... You can hook them on, on Game Pass, so you can still earn money off of them that way. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we care about money. But, I mean, it's a, it's a really good move for the gamer as well. Um, the only thing is that Microsoft showed off a lot. Mm-hmm. And now it's up to them to deliver. 
because they can That's they made cool. a lot of lofty promises a lot, a lot of lofty promises but if they fail to deliver on it then yeah, those promises are, are worth nothing and some games will of course deliver on it but for example as i mentioned halo infinite's multiplayer is becoming free to play meaning you have to pay 60 euros or 70 bucks for just a single player of halo infinite that better be the best halo multi- uh, the single player campaign single player. ever and last a lot for people to justify you spending 70 bucks on it because if they don't people will feel that will feel let down i mean yeah i mean if it's a call of duty-esque single player which lasts 60 uh, six hours well you can bet people will grab their pitchforks and start marching because um the multiplayer is free so yeah which okay so one yes obviously but also two game pass yeah if people want it so i think you're gonna see a lot of people probably buying the game because they're not interested in game pass which you know there are people out there that are like that which makes sense um especially if they're if it's a if it's single player only so no co-op possible i wouldn't see why one just get game pass and then just play the single player that way because it's 15 bucks. If it's like six hours or whatever, you get your fill. You play it once. You get you get your achievements. You're done. But if you feel like it's a, a game that you're going to be revisiting over and over again, and you're not going to be playing it with anybody else, then I can see that being... Um, then I can see that making sense, right? Because then you don't have to worry about um, uh, not not being able to play with other people because Xbox Live is bundled with Game Pass. So if you buy Game Pass, you instantly have the ability to play online. Um, and since they took away the requirements for free, which is also kind of interesting because they took away the requirements for Xbox Live for free-to-play games. And the multiplayer is free-to-play. So that means you don't need Xbox Live. I think Live they're aiming to get... Uh... To play that. Yeah, I think they want Halo Infinite's multiplayer to kind of be something like Warzone or Fortnite. That just everybody jumps on the wagon. And if you don't have an Xbox, you can use the cloud program. Um, so still, you can play it for free. Um, so it's a smart move from their point of view. I'm curious. The only, like, the plus side of that, of course, is the fact that where. Okay, so Warzone has now, you know, you have Verdansk and then you have Rebirth, right? With Fortnite, it's just, well, you have like, uh, um, you can play solo or duo or whatever, and you have these special modes that they do once in a while. I've tried a few of them. Honestly, I don't care, except for like the base battle royale in Fortnite. The other stuff is fine. I just kind of don't care. Um they're also not great. You can really tell that they're really trying to stretch game ideas with that create mode, but it is kind of hampered by the fact that it's the Fortnite um, game engine that they're doing these this kind of stuff in, and it's can kind of perfectly sharpened, honed for one specific game mode in mind. And when you try to force it into a different game type, you kind of can see the the, the the seams and the cracks in the facade. 
So, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see, man. Uh, I'll, I mean, considering that it's free, um, I might actually, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd still need to get Game Pass to, to play it on the cloud, I guess. Um, did they even say yeah, that the multiplayer do. was in the cloud? Because I don't Halo? remember seeing, yeah, for Halo, yeah, I don't remember seeing that. I think it comes out when the game launches. Mm, I'll have to double check on that. Because it, it would be I can't imagine them releasing the multiplayer right now. Mm, well, I'm just curious to see if you'll necessarily if you'll necessarily need Game Pass Ultimate so that you can play the multiplayer through the browser. Um, considering that the game it's the, the multiplayer is free to play anyway, so it's kind of like a weird thing. But also, we I'm not 100% sure now if the multiplayer is coming to Xbox Game Cloud. So I have no, I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, outside of We'd that... We'd have to check it out. But I think if it is there, it will be part of uh, Game Pass Ultimate. Yeah. And so outside of that, with, with Game Pass leading the charge, like they kind of... They kind of showed off a lot of good stuff. They shot off... With Microsoft, here's my, here's my thing with Microsoft. They shot off a lot of potential. The question is, will they be able to meet mm-hmm. that potential? I don't know. I actually do not know yep. because a lot of these yep. games are coming out next year. The games that are coming out this year are known entities. Even with Halo being what it is, what it, being what it's going to be, it's still a known entity. So there's no mystery around it or curiosity of if it's going to be well or not. You've played Halo, you can pretty much ex- you can pretty much expect what you might get. Um, from Halo, outside of that, we don't know. We don't know about that new game from Arcane Studios. What is it called again? Red. Um, oh gosh, I forgot the name. Red something. Redfall, um, something like that. Yeah, something like that. So that is that was a CG trailer, and then there was a, a new game from the Just Cause guys called Contraband, which was also full CG. It's like okay, they showed like some some key words like uh like open world co-op and stuff like that. It's like, that says nothing to me. That's a, that's a absolutely that's so nothing to gen- me. general. That's so exactly. That's so generic and basic. It, it makes it sound less awesome than the trailer trying to make it up. The only good trailer that they showed, and I already said it before, and I'll say it again, bar none. Best trailer from all E3, The Outer Wilds 2. Because it was honest and it was hilarious, and they, you know, they played into the stereotype. It was a CG trailer. It showed us absolutely nothing, and yet they did it anyways because they knew they could get away with it by making it funny and poking fun at themselves and the industry. So they did. you know, kudos <laughs> to them. I don't know who in their marketing department thought that that was a brilliant idea, but that person needs a raise right now. And a promotion. <laughs> um, <laughs> chief so, creative officer. Yeah, man. Seriously, if you're not chief creative officer at this point, they are robbing you blind. Go find a better job where they'll acknowledge you're brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, that was just the best trailer ever. <laughs> um, Head of Epic uh, Game Trailers. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that was too funny. Um, 
So we talked about Square Enix and how they didn't show a lot of stuff, but also another company that didn't show a lot of stuff was Ubisoft. At best, they showed two games that we weren't aware of. One that got leaked, which is the Mario Plus Rabbits, which is coming out next year. They at least showed gameplay, so that's something. But that, for the rest, they didn't show anything else yeah, that we were fun. aware of. Like, they didn't show off the Division the game that they said they were working on, either the mobile yep. or the Battle Royale one. They um, didn't, sh- again, I don't know if they're working on it or not, or if they're just trolling for trolling's sake. We didn't see a new Splinter Cell. Um, I'm assuming that yep. they're working on a new Ghost Recon, but they're still supporting Ghost Recon, so that's okay. Um, they seem like someone said it in another video before that I that I looked up that they also did like a summary thing, and they may actually made up a really good point that due to the things that happened at Ubisoft, a lot of higher ups have left or were kicked off because of um, shady stuff that they were doing. That was just a big fat no no. Um, so apparently they're kind of it's or at least it seems that the upper um like the upper uh leadership in at Ubisoft outside of you know Yves Guillemot um it seems like they're kind of a bit rudderless and they're trying to find their way and one of the and one of the things that came out of that is that they were wanted to focus on the whole uh the the the, the high end free to play stuff so how that's going to go we don't know i don't think we'll see anything for from that end Till like at least at the earliest next year, at the latest, maybe. I, I wonder know, if uh, years from now, if it's um, yeah. In in Far Cry Six, for example, you saw that they. I think you can play as a male character, and I think you can play as a female character, but they yeah, only kept showing the female character. Yeah. Yeah. So they only kept showing the female character, and I wonder if that's like a deliberate diversity decision because they kind of got some flack for. Um, you know, representing women less in in games, or you know, uh, based on what happened internally, um, I'm always for female characters, but then I don't want it to be forced. Because, like for example, in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I felt that Cassandra was the better character because she had a far better voice actor, and the character came alive a lot more. Oh, in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I had the opposite, and I picked the male character because I felt that Eivor was more uh, alive than the female one. So, oh, that's fair. I mean, it's what you know, it's what your flavor is, right? I mean, for example, with Mass Effect, I pick you know Femship because Femship is the one true <laughs> ship, and there's no other ship. If you tell me that there's another no, ship, no, no, I will no, deny no. it. It's there's only ship. one ship. It's it's Femship. It's 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 always been and Jennifer that's male ship. No. It's always been Jennifer Hill. She's she she is femme ship. She's the one true ship. Um, <laughs> no, but like <laughs> like stuff like that is more. It's more it's more up to performances, right? It's what you prefer in that regard. Do you prefer the male performance or the female performance? Yep. And with Ubisoft, I don't know if you. I don't know if you stuck around after the Ubisoft forward, but they did this uh, in depth character reveal for a new character coming to uh, Rainbow Six Siege, or the new operator in Rainbow Six Siege called um, Thunderbird. 
who is um, like Native American. I watched that one. Yeah. So they had like this whole in-depth thing on how they were, how they ad- got advice from like um, actual advisors, you know, from from that specific tribe and uh, what her tattoos mean and like what what her representation in game is and like that she's one of the first characters of that um, uh, a specific. Uh, what do you call that? What's the word I'm looking for here? Um, uh, of that specific tribe? like uh, na- native tribe or you know a native character being represented in video games at all um is it's a pretty huge deal at the same time like you said um far cry 6 has a creative character and you can be male or female and they only showed off the female which is also fine but then you kind of start to see a pattern <laughs> Because I think the, um, because I think in the extraction demo, the character that was captured or was also a female operative from Rainbow Six Siege. Yep. And the yes. person leading the team, I'm pretty sure was also female. Yep. It kind of becomes a real interesting pattern when you look at it that way. I'm pretty sure they don't mean anything by it, but like you said, it might be a a thing of like overcorrection with Ubisoft. Because they also like before Ubisoft Forward started, they you know, they do like this pre-show stuff and they had this like weird this interview kind of thing um about how this person at Ubisoft had an idea and through their internal program, she was able to head that idea. And again, that was also like they put emphasis on the whole diversity thing at Ubisoft. So is it better at Ubisoft now? I don't know. Um, reports said that it wasn't. Um, we don't know what's going on. We haven't seen hide or nor hair from a bunch of things. Are we going to see, for example, uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2? My answer, I think I said it before, but my answer is we're not going to see Beyond Good and Evil ever again. Skull and Bones got delayed again. Big shock. Um, Well, it got delayed last year indefinitely. Yeah. Wait, was it indefinitely? Yeah. I thought it was just delayed till like 2020. Oh, wow. Okay. Never mind. That game is never coming out. I think they went... uh... They went back to the drawing board, I think, with that one. Uh, I guess that might be an option. Um, I mean, from what I saw, it looked like a pirates game, but it looked like only pirate combat with ships. Whereas with a game like that, I would expect it to kind of be like a Assassin's Creed Black Flag Part 2, where you kind of get to go off your ship and have adventures off the ship as well. And that the ship is an integral part of the experience. But that it's not it's not like a, an ace combat, you know, where it's just in jets, but then with battleships, you know, I would expect that game to offer you a lot more freedom. Otherwise, people would maybe get bored of it. I think that's what they ran into, because when it got announced, people basically said that, well, they even Ubisoft themselves admitted that they were inspired by people loving the, 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 the ship combat from Assassin's Creed 3 and 4 Black Flag. So that's why uh, that game exists. So it's basically just a naval combat 
and they probably tried to make it work with just the naval combat and that might that might have been the hurdle that they've been against it could also be a technical hurdle because the sea battles kind of kind of tend to tank the frame rate sometimes at least in um uh Assassin's Creed 3. I never I've I have Assassin's Creed 4, but I have the Wii U version. So I haven't touched it in years. Oh man. Um and I don't I just like I I'm pretty sure I only played like five minutes of that game. So I don't even know how the naval combat is in that one. Uh if it's I must Shame I heard that it was way you. better. Yeah, yeah, I know. I heard that it was better than in three. I mean, it was the yeah. first game I played on PS4, and I loved it. I it was it's one of the best Assassin's Creed games out there. And instead of just switching character every Assassin's Creed game, they should have just stuck with that character or with that family because you play as the grandfather of Connor, who is the character in Assassin's Creed Three. So mm. they should have just kept with that saga and you know just done more with it, kind of like they did with Ezio. Because I really love that game. Just, yeah, but where uh, can you go? The only, the, only thing... char- the only character you weren't able to play was the dad. And that's because he was the antagonist in 3. Well, make a game with the dad. Yeah, but like like make a game with the dad where he goes from... I think he was an assassin and he turned he into a, a Templar. Yeah, so like do the whole game wherein you, you kind of go through that journey to the point where he, you know, turns into that that Templar. And then at least you know like, oh, okay, so... what so. That's like the prequel to three, and then you kind of know how the whole story unfolds. Yeah, I guess. But at least no, that no, way no, you can see... not guess. It would be awesome. At least that way you can see why he he got turned by the by the Templars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's kind of like a, make it like a Rogue One thing that it ends where Assassin's Creed three starts. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um... That would be interesting, but they're not doing that. So we don't know what they're doing with Assassin's Creed next time, but we won't be seeing a new Assassin's Creed until 2023, I'm assuming. Next year. We're not going to get one next year. I don't think. I think next year. I don't think so. Um, I think they're going to bridge the gap with DLC till the new one comes out next year, but that way they can keep fans entertained until the new Assassin's Creed comes out next year. Mm. I mean, Assassin's Creed brings in a lot of money for Ubisoft, so I don't think they'll earn a lot of money off of the season pass as much as they do when they do a season pass and a full game release in the same year. Not unless another team is working on a free-to-play Assassin's Creed. Yeah. I mean, I I would say that maybe Japan would be a destination for them to go, but seeing as kind of Ghost of Tsushima swooped in and basically may became Assassin's Creed in Japan. I think Ubisoft is going to stay away from Japan. No, why not? Who cares? They can do Japan. Because a lot of people... Yeah, Yeah, but a lot of people will compare it to Ghost of Tsushima that way. So what? If Ghost of Tsushima is the better game, then their game won't sell, so they won't take that risk. Oh, yeah, because, you know... People love Valhalla, you know. They're super excited for the DLC. They're not complaining about the fact that Valhalla well, apparently is so Valhalla ridiculously the... long. I'm not, well, said, I'm not just Valhalla talking about the you. Best like, selling Assassin's Creed really... game. I know, I know. That might be the case. But like, that might apparently, be the case. It, it, 
it's the best-selling AC game. So that, look, it contradicts each other. That is not impossible. That is obviously <laughs> impossible. How can it be the best-selling Assassin's Creed game? And then we're hearing so many people say, oh, I really regret buying the game. Oh, the game really sucks. So then not, it could be the best-selling no, no, no. game, but it's the customers the aren't happy with their sucks. purchase. It's not that the game sucks. It's just that it was too long. So And too empty. Yeah, and too empty. Yeah, I heard that one too. Yeah, I don't know. It, uh, it's an interesting dilemma to have. But, you know, we're not Ubisoft employees. We don't work for Ubisoft. We, don't, we are not able to give advice. <laughs> if to we were, we would have been fired by now. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I wouldn't mind a new Splinter Cell. They can, I have no idea where they would go with that story anyway. So I, I, I don't know what I'm, I'm telling you with the Assassin's Creed, they should have kicked the Animus part. That Animus story is literally yeah, could, like a dead weight on their leg. I don't understand why they, they haven't jettisoned. Because they had a perfect moment to do that, and that is when the Ezio story ended. They could have dropped that yep. all together. They did not to need. They did not continue to need to have it. Because in mo- in like the sequential games, mm-hmm. I think it's there just because it's lore. But outside of that, they don't do mm-hmm. a lot with it, right? Like in the in the earlier games, you would you would get pulled out of the Animus a lot. Yeah. And the further they got in the franchise, the Animus was more like, we created this Animus thing and we kind of have to keep the story going because we can't just ditch it. But we actually know people don't like it because then eventually you get pulled out of the Animus rarely now. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, Ubisoft. Is, Ubisoft I mean, what happened to... Ubisoft. Yeah, I mean, it is, they could have just started in the first game with... Uh, Altair, and then every game you are the descendant of Altair in another era, and then there's some some common thread, or or the Assassin's Creed Order keeps note of everyone, and then passes those notes on to the descendants, kind of like yeah. a like a book or something, or a, 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 a you know so part of the order, and then that would have been a whole lot better than this than this silly animus thing. With your your blood this, and then eventually they they just you become a random generic dude that has the memory of blah blah blah, or just sequence itself into the memory of blah blah blah. I'm like, yeah. yeah, man, you're losing me. I really don't care about this anime stuff. Also, that's not how memories work. <laughs> yep. In games uh, they do. Yeah, in games they do. Oh well. Um is there anything else you want to talk about that like caught your eye or like well apparently you? today is we uh it's not related to e3 but apparently is or at least maybe it, it is but i don't know it kind of like came out on the side is that uh, a while back a game called abandoned got announced on the playstation blog and um um from the start people were like yeah, this looks a lot like a Kojima teaser, kind of like he did with Silent Hill or kind of like he did with Phantom Pain. And then um, one of the producers immediately came out on Twitter and said, no, 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 we have nothing to do with Hideo Kojima. We're flattered that you think we are, but we have nothing to do with him. 
And then I think in the E3 week, they dropped a tweet saying, Abandoned is our working title. We will soon be announcing our game's name. It starts with an, with an S and it ends with an L. So a lot of people were like, Silent Hill. Silent Hill. And then a couple of days later, the same guy comes on Twitter and says, oh, no, no, uh, we, it's flattery, but we didn't meant to mislead you. It's definitely not Silent Hill. Um, we will be revealing the name soon, but um, it's not Silent Hill. And we, we, we were sorry that we caused this confusion or created this false hope. So people started digging around and they are subtly finding hints that it could be another troll or, or prank by Hideo Kojima. Uh, and that it it's is actually subtle for Kojima. I don't know. I mean, it's funny that a lot of people are, um, are. For example, the studio that's working on it is called Blue Box. The mm. the the font in the logo is the same font used in the PlayStation Studios trailers. The PlayStation Studios trailers opens up with a blue box. Um, you know, like subtle hints. The 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 guy, the producer's name is uh, Hassan or Hussan. Karaman and those initials are HK, which could also stand for Hideo Kojima, you know, stuff like that. And I mean, I, I always say with this stuff, if you want to look for hints or if you want to find something that confirms your story, you will. <laughs> but mm -hmm. it's like, it's it's really funny to see people going all crazy about this. Uh, so I'm really curious where this will go because it is strange that the guy says, the title of our game is, starts with an S and it ends with an L. I mean, come on, what are you expecting if you say that? Yeah. I mean, if it's a game nobody's ever heard of, they will never guess the title of your name. If And I think this is the only way how you get people to guess what it is. And if it isn't Silent Hill, well, then shut up and don't say starts with an S and ends with an L because there's we don't know who you are. We've never heard of you. So we won't be able to guess the name of the stupid game. <laughs> Uh, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll see. We still haven't heard anything from Sony when they're going to do a new state of play. Um, if you're right and it's in July, that means it's going head to head with EA. Uh, and they, I feel, have. Okay, it's kind of weird to say it like that. I feel like EA has way more at stake than Sony does um, in terms of reputation, not so they much do. in terms of survival so i don't know we'll see i think uh, ea is gonna double down on the battlefield this season they kind of have to unless they have a new star wars <laughs> game coming out well they're releasing the jedi fallen order on next gen this summer not a new game that's an update i know i know no no it's like uh the game already has an update but this is like the director's cut version kind of stuff, you know? Okay, can we, like, re revisit the whole Death Stranding director's cut thing? I think we talked about it, but I don't think we talked about it enough. Why in the Sam Hill is that thing called a director's cut? I have no idea. Because it is... Oh, I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's Kojima or what, but... Gosh darn it. It makes no sense for that thing to be called a director's cut because it's, like, the most pretentious thing that you can think of because the whole thing is... Designed by, written by, directed by, produced by freaking Hideo Kojima. Why on earth do you need a director's cut of a game that was clearly your vision to begin with? I'm just, I'm just saying. Stuff like, got it's, cut it's and weird. he wants to re-release that. Again, 
producer, director, writer, what got cut? I mean, he could have gotten into a time issue like, oh, there's so much stuff I still want to put in the game, but I need to deliver the game before then. So just going to cut all this stuff out so we can at least get a game delivered. Then call it an enhanced edition or a complete edition. Hey, I don't, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I like I told you this before. The dude wants to direct movies, and this is like the most pretentious movie move that you could possibly make. <laughs> uh, well, is at least it's at least one thing is for sure. Oh, okay. So one thing is for sure. He's uh, his company did not get bought by Microsoft. That was not revealed, and that's. Not I'm really the case. happy that that didn't happen. Yeah. However, I did hear some news about Microsoft that I did not ever expected to hear. Xbox Series S and X, particularly the Series S, is selling really well in Japan. I heard that the other day. Dude, what the heck happened? And apparently it's to new owners that have not bought Xbox consoles in the past. Yeah. And you know why? But, I mean, no. Shall, shall I tell you why? Because so they can't get our, their hands on a PS5? No, no, that is not it. They think the, the oh. X, specifically the Xbox One S looks cute. The Series S. The Series S. What did I say? The One S. Oh, sorry. The names are so stupid. Uh, okay, but, but yeah. like, but but because it's a sell, tiny console, it's a yeah. tiny console. It doesn't have a disc drive, so they don't have to worry about that, and it fits neatly in their entertainment system, in their entertainment but system. Yeah, the the quote from Microsoft could be. I mean, it's it's relative. I mean, if the the if the previous sales of the Xbox One were, let me say, a million in its lifetime sale in Japan, and now they've hit a million and a half. I mean, yes, it's the fastest selling territory, but it's because they never had... The, I mean, the territory always performed poorly compared to other territories. Yeah, but beforehand, all their consoles were big, bulky pieces of crap. Well, sorry, not they weren't crap, but they were bulky, which is something that... Um, Japanese tend to really not like. But then, why would people? Why would they buy a PS Five? Because because they clearly fans. I mean, one, it's a Japanese company, so they'll always then support it, then it's like a Japan. Okay, but also so Sony's like a not giving them thing a, or something. It's a loyalty thing, but also Sony's not giving them an option. So, plus, it's really hard to come by uh, PlayStation. But I don't think that's the reason that. Xbox is selling well in Japan. I think it's mostly the form factor and the fact that they think it looks cute. Because it's not taking up a lot of space. It's the same reason why portable systems do very well in Japan. It's why the PSP did well in Japan. It's why the Vita did well in Japan. It's why all the Game Boys and all the Game Boy Advances and the DSs and the Switch is doing well. It's something small and compact that they can take with them. So the Switch Lite or was not. basically invented for Japan. The Switch Lite was, well, it was invented for different reasons. It was invented for people that, for definitely for more than one in a household. 
you know, you have the main one that you use in the family room and then maybe switch lights for your kids because they're relatively cheaper compared to the regular switch. Um, for women gamers, because they tend to like the they tend to like something small and neat. Plus, they're in the pastel colors, um, which honestly they'd look pretty nice in person. But yeah, um, score one for that one. But yeah, like the small thing to be taking with you e- more easily. Yeah, it's something that definitely plays well in Japan. So. I guess they kind of, I don't know if it's accidental or if they actually thought about it, that that might actually help them sell in Japan. Because I honestly legit thought that after the abysmal sales of the Xbox One, they would never set foot in Japan again. But they did, and they did it with two consoles. One that's medium and one that's really, and one that's relatively smaller. But I think it's like... um... It's uh, it's like a, they see it as a challenge to get to sell there. I mean, it's like a a pride thing. They can say like, "Oh, we sold yeah. more Xbox Ones in more, more series, blah blah blahs in Japan than previous generations." Wow, look yeah. at us being <laughs> you know, stuff like that. I mean, otherwise they wouldn't. Re- I mean, other companies would say like, "Hey, okay, our products just not catered to that market, so we're not going to raise the resources on that market." But because they have a shitload of money they're like you know it's it's like the nerd who wants to take the pro the prom queen to the queen to the prom it's like i'm gonna do it yeah. i don't care i see this challenge even though he's kind of a nerd and he doesn't stand a chance he's like no i'll find a way i'm gonna do it and then if he eventually pulls it off well then nothing can go wrong and that nerd will feel like the king of the world on that prom night so um mike's was basically that true true um yeah i don't know i think i think we're kind of do you have anything else uh no but that's okay right (laughs) yeah i mean i'm still i'm still waiting for uh, apparently the 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 collector's edition for metroid dread is available in the uk and in sweden i have seen neither a hide nor hair from it in the netherlands so i'm getting a little bit worried because i kind of want to pick that up instead of like the regular version i did pre-order it just in case they do end up doing it because mostly most of the time um they'll call in and say hey we see that you have this pre-ordered and you're one of the first that pre-ordered it um would you like to upgrade to like the collector's edition for so and such heroes um so i'm hoping that that happens because i still haven't seen anything i haven't checked today but i still haven't seen anything about it maybe i'll just swing by my local uh game store and ask them uh if they know anything already or not. I hope so, because I kind of want to... It's pretty awesome. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get the Amiibos, because there's two of them, and it's like uh, 30 bucks. But Advanced Wars, 1 plus 2 rebooted. I want that so bad. I did check the price on the the eShop. That thing is 60 bucks. I'm like, ooh. Okay, to be fair, it is two games. I kind of really want it. But it's in December, so that's still a ways off. Um, consider, I'm going to consider that my birthday present to myself. Uh, <laughs> I want it as well, so uh, maybe we can co-op we, it. Yeah, we, hopefully we can co-op it. It definitely has one one to four player multiplayer. So like, I, I'm assuming they just brought over the versus, at least from, from one. 
what I did also learn, by the way, um, like how My- Mercury's team is making Metroid Dread, another Western developer is making the remake because um, Intelligent Systems, the developers of uh, Advance Wars, is working on the um, WarioWare game, the new WarioWare game. So the remake fell to way forward. Oh. Yeah. Those guys are awesome. When it comes to pixel art, um, they're really good at like 2D stuff. Uh, like River City Girls is one of their latest games. It's really pretty. And that's where their art style comes from. Because I looked at the, tra- I've watched the trailer so many times. And I'm like, this art style feels so very familiar. And I couldn't put my finger on it. I was thinking, who's the developer of this remake? And it turns out it's way forward. And now the whole art style makes a lot of sense for the characters. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, and now I can see the resemblance with River, River City Girls and the, the re, I love the title, Reboot Camp. <laughs> the Reboot Camp edition. Oh, it's so it's, silly and cute. It's better than a, uh, Red Faction In- Remastered Edition or... Yeah. Angels of Amula Re-Reckoning. Re-Reckoning. Oh my god, that's the absolute worst one ever. I've said it before and I'll say it again. That's the worst one. Whoever thought of that one should be fired or at least docked in pay. Um, It was probably a marketing dude because, you know. Yeah, probably. So they're already doing uh, what they love. But uh, yeah, I think uh, unless there's anything else, I have nothing else to talk about. I think we've covered E3 pretty then uh, let's uh yeah let's head on over to the next segment yep we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back after this and welcome back to the second segment which is of course what we've been playing Sean Templar, what have you been playing? Um, I'm still going through my, I don't feel like playing anything. Um, I don't know why, and I hope to get out of that mood soon. But for now, it is still, I don't know if it's the weather or something. Because, I mean, there's enough to play. I have enough to play. It's just that I just don't feel like playing. All The only things I play are either Call of Duty Warzone or Formula One 2020. Um, but I, I bought I um I won a gift uh, <laughs> I won a gift away? card. Yeah, I won a gift card in a giveaway a while back. It was a fifteen euros uh, eShop gift card, and uh, I wanted to. Uh, uh, he's, a, he's a really cool guy. He's uh, called Maester Geek. He's uh, I think he's also one of the listeners of the podcast, and he did like this cool giveaway, and I, and I didn't expect to win it, so I won it. And eventually I bought uh, Stardew Valley with it on the uh, eShop. Um, and I had it on my v- uh, Vita, on my Switch for, for months. And, um, well, not months. I think I won the giveaway last month. But, like, I had it on it for a while because I, I didn't feel like playing anything. And then the other day, I felt like, hey, you know what? Let me just fire this up and see how it is. So I fired it up, Stardew Valley. Um, the game looks absolutely gorgeous. It has that, that sprite-looky graphics. Um, I'm liking it so far. It's a little bit overwhelming because you get just you you get dropped into it. There's no clear tutorial. They don't tell you what to do or how to do. They just give you like vague directions on 
oh, you should clean up your farm or, hey, you should go into town and introduce yourself to everyone. I figured out if you press the minus button on the on the control of the switch, you kind of see like a journal and it has objectives in it. And one of the first one is that go in town and introduce yourself to people, introduce yourself to 28 people. I have no idea where to find these people. So I'm just constantly walking they have around. Fixed schedules. Every day they have yeah. different schedules. So, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just trying to find these people. At the same time, while I'm cleaning my farm, your character has like this stamina bar, so you can't endlessly clean the farm. You also have to go to bed and rest when your energy is low. So it took me a couple of days in-game to clean up my farm. Um, it took me a little while to figure out how to switch between items and tools, and now I can. So um, I know how to use my pickaxe or my uh, hatchet or my saw or whatnot. Um, but I, it's really fun. I didn't expect it. It's just really, uh, you know, because maybe it's because it's so colorful and the graphics are really cool. Um, and there's no I just pressure. Get, I, yeah, I mean, I just get this huge smile on my face. I, I almost feel super happy. I, I, I think I have a big smile on it while I play. I don't know, but uh, it feels so wholesome and so so satisfying, you know. Um, but yeah, that's basically what I've been playing for a bit. Um, I have tons of games I still need to play on my Switch and on the on my PlayStation, but uh, you know I'm just um, I, oh I played another game uh, I think it's called Knockout City, which is the new dodgeball ah, game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I uh, I also won a key for that in a giveaway. I, I really people would almost say I'm this lucky guy, but always the giveaways I don't expect to win. I win, and the giveaways that I'm like oh this would be really cool to win. I never win, so that's always funny. Mm. Uh, I was really ha happy and, and grateful to win this one, um, also through Instagram. And then um, I played a little bit of the game, like uh, maybe two hours. So basically, it's dodgeball in an in an open worldy level. Um, you uh, first get the tutorial, kind of to figure out how the mechanics works, and then you get matchmaked with other people. Um, it looks pretty nice. The graphics are also really colorful, um, and it, it, it's really fun. I mean, I sucked at dodgeball in real life. Here, at least, I, I stand a little bit of a chance. Um, <laughs> I, know I, I honestly didn't know. Yeah, I honestly didn't know that the game was paid. I thought it was a free-to-play game. Uh, I think it also lends itself perfectly to be a free-to-play game with a battle pass that has outfits and stuff like that. Or right? all skins, you know. Yeah, so I'm surprised that this is a paid game. I mean, strange movie, eh? But hey, uh, it's a really fun game. They did change it up because they first added like, oh, the first 10 days you can play um, like a trial. And then they extended that to okay. you can play to a certain level for free. And then after that, you have to pay for it. Okay. So you can now play a decent chunk ah, okay. of, of it for free if you download the trial version. Um, but after you reach that criteria, you really do have to pay for it. It's, it's 20 bucks. It's not a lot, but it really does lend itself well to that whole, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for again? The whole Fortnite-esque gameplay and um, yeah. me mechanics it's... of uh, monetization and stuff. Although one thing I am not a big fan it's, of the uh, character designs. Perfect. I don't know about you, but I'm not a really big fan of the character designs of that yeah. game. Yeah. They're not really pretty characters. Yeah, I didn't pay a lot of attention to it. I was like, you know, I, I was excited because I won something. And I was like, let me try this out and just jumped into it. 
and uh, I'm liking it so far. So, uh, I mean, it's uh, it's one of those games that you have to play to get better at. It's not yeah. like that you can yeah. just jump in and just play and win. That's 100% um, skill-based, yeah. Yeah, I think it's like what, what they, they always say, easy to learn, hard to master. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it looks fun. I mean, it's been it's been super hot here in the Netherlands the last few days and also oh, humid. Amazing. So like I've been sweating while I sat uh, inside and the outside is too hot as well. So it's like, you know, I feel like an ice cube that's constantly melting. Um, so yeah, um, I, I didn't get into the mood to play a lot. Star, I, when I played Stardew Valley, it was late at night because then it was a little bit cooler. Um, uh, I, there is one thing that I'm really happy and excited about. And that's that this week, the new colors for the DualSense came out. And my precious midnight black DualSense came in yesterday. And boy, oh boy, is it a beauty. It is... I mean, I, I don't get excited about controllers. I mean, in the last generation with the PS4, I used to break my controller, I think, every year because I just dropped them too much. And then something would happen, like either the analog sticks wouldn't work or there would be some delay or something. And I would always get the black controller. And then uh, it, I would always wait for the days of play because then the controllers would be in discount as well. Um, and then the last time I bought a white controller because I thought like, you know what, I need to know which controller is the new one and which is the bad one or the old one. Cause I had this collection of black controllers that were all just busted. So I never knew which one was working or not. I think I have like four black DualShock 4s lying around that I don't know which one works or not. Um, so I got the white DualShock. I was like, yeah, whatever. And then we of course got the DualSense, which is in dual tone. And I was like, yeah but I don't like this because even though I keep my hands clean, it still kind of got dirty on the back where the PlayStation pattern is. Um, and I tried to clean it up, but it didn't. And then they came out with the Midnight Black and I got super excited. I mean, I was so ecstatic, so happy while I was unboxing it. And I mean, I've ha even had moments today where I had it in my hand and I looked at it and I was like, this is how you, have sh how you should have shipped six months ago this you should have come with my ps5 not <laughs> that i had to wait for this you know and there's another cool thing is that i got the d brand plates for my ps5 so now i have this stealth edition matte black ps5 as well um i like to call it the ultimate stealth black ps5 because it has that black controller and the plates of course it just looks so slick it's just i can just look at it and smile all day you know, it's like, hey, gorgeous, I see you. You know, it's just, ah, oh. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. I, and this is strange because I would never get excited about these things, you know. I have the same thing with the new 3DS because that one also had plates. Mm. It was always exciting when it was like, oh, this game or like the, the, this game has like plates for this for the 3DS. Let me get it. Super exciting, like the the because I got the the ambassador edition, so I got it early uh, before anyone else mm. was able to buy one, and that one came with Super Smash Brothers uh, plates, which were really pretty. No, did they? Yeah, they they came with the Super Smash Brothers plates. This mm. Super Smash Brothers had come out the year pr uh, a couple of months prior, so it's like, oh yeah, that's so cool looking. It's crazy. I like it. It's like. Very yeah. nice. It's just a simple white design and the sim and uh, silver designs of the characters on it. Uh, it's it's so beautiful. I still have that. I have a Splatoon one. 
I have a Pokemon one that I never take off because it's just cool. I have uh, a very I have an Animal Crossing one. Uh, I I, I kind of miss that. I kind of wish the Switch was able you could customize a bit more easier officially. You should like, unofficially. Uh... You have a bunch of stuff that you can do, but it requires you taking apart stuff. So or putting on uh, decals, but no. Uh, no, I don't. Like it's fine if you're into if you're into that and you can put it on well. Power to you, but no, not for me. Um, you should do uh, like a series on your Instagram with those things. It'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could do that. I mean, it's again, it's not. Yeah. A, I literally rat- rattled off all the places that I have, so that's yeah. it. But yeah, it's. I'm looking forward to that. Um, of course, I'm looking forward to the new games that were announced for Nintendo. Um, but I've, for now, I haven't, yeah, yeah, I haven't seen while we're talking about this. I haven't seen the red switch in person, but from what I've seen on, I mean, like you have the product shots that always look different than the actual mm-hmm. stuff, you know, of pictures that people take. But I saw uh, some people take some pictures of their red switch, the Mario edition. I mean, that one also looks pretty slick. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. Red, red is my favorite color, but I never like to have it in like it's for me. It's a color that is nice to see, but it's not necessarily a color that I want in everything. Like I don't have a red phone or a red watch. I mean, those are available, but I'm like, eh, you know, but it's, it's nice to see, but I don't, I don't need to have it. But with this red switch, I'm like, ah, I kind of wish I got that one instead of the the black uh, gray one I have now. Uh, there is a so the interesting thing with the Mario one is that. The whole system is good grief. This pop filter thing, the whole um, system is red. So normally, when you buy a switch, even if it's like a special edition, the switch, like the actual console part, is always black. There might be some designs on there, yeah, but it's always black. With the Mario one, okay. they went out of their way to make it red. Outside of Switch lights, it's yeah. the only switch that has a different variant color. Which is really cool. The only downside is that because the kickstand is replaceable because it breaks off so easily, um, that's the only part that's black. Because when you buy a replacement one, they only have the black one as replacement. I'm surprised they didn't make like a yellow Pikachu uh, switch. Uh... Yeah, I don't know why they didn't do that either, but who's to say? Yeah. Executive reasonings and blah, 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 and I'm not a product designer, so I don't know. Um, Me neither. But that's uh, what I've been playing. What have you been playing? Yeah, so I played a bunch of stuff, so I'm just going to rattle them off real quickly. Um, because uh, you already know this, and if if people are listening to this and you haven't seen it yet, I started streaming again on Twitch. Um, it's the same handle that I use everywhere, which is at Maximilian uh, X. Um, you can find me there on Twitch. Uh, I don't have a schedule because my life does not really allow me to have a schedule at this point in time. Hopefully in the near future, it's going to be a lot better so I can have something a bit more stable. Uh, but yeah, I started streaming again. I specifically wanted to stream again because I wanted to live stream my reactions to the Nintendo Direct, which I did. Um, you can catch the VOD on my Twitch channel. 
Um, or you can catch it on my YouTube channel because I uploaded it there as well. Um, if you want to see someone freak out, like almost brought to tears by the new uh, Advance Wars or the remake of Advance Wars 1 and 2, yeah, you're going to see a very emotional Nintendo fan being very happy with a lot of announcements. Not all of the announcements, but at least a lot of them. Um, outside of that, I wanted to make sure that my stuff worked. So I actually did a, a, a live stream prior to that on that same day for Kerbal Space Program. Hey, it's Kerbal again. It's the first time in a long time since I talked about Kerbal. And this was so much fun to do on stream because there was... Um... Wait, are you watching the thing? I'm uh, watching it right now, my phone. <laughs> Yeah, because I can't I wanna... hear myself. I'm like, wait, what? Why am I hearing myself <laughs> double? But it's like past me. <laughs> oh, here, that's the where the part where you freak out is with the. Oh wow, this looks really funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, are you actually watching that? Oh, that's. So you know what the funny thing is? What? <laughs> what the... People need to hear this. Uh, nobody's hearing it because it's being <laughs> sound gated, dude. <laughs> well, people need to watch this because the sounds that are coming out of you. <laughs> Seriously, you're gonna do a live this reaction. This is hilarious. You're doing you're doing a this podcast reaction. Oh, good grief! Ignore that, people. He's uh. But you know the funny thing them. about this is. <laughs> What? The funny thing about this is that this is exactly how I would expect you to be on a live reaction. We talked about this when we did the Q&A a while back, yeah. where, where someone asked, like, hey, uh, will you ever do a, like, a live reaction? And I said, like, basically, this is how I told everybody <laughs> and you how you would react to stuff. And it's so nice to see you you kind of freak out. Because basically, all I'm hearing is, oh, no, 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 no all those crazy sounds <laughs> what I mean so but yeah I mean that's yeah I love it it's, it's nice to see I mean if I, I probably wouldn't be ex I would be excited but not in that way you know I was like oh nice man that's pretty cool but you're like next level I love it well it caught me completely off guard and never thought we'd ever see an advanced wars game again um so yeah, like I had to dig through my stuff so I can uh, find find a copy. Um, so I, I actually have to. I haven't played it yet, but uh, I need to do that again before I play it. I did check out some side by sides, and outside of the deployment of the of the of like your units, the maps have been tweaked. So that's going to be interesting to see. So I don't think you can play the maps on muscle memory. Um, because yeah, some of the map layouts have slightly altered. Uh, outside of that, I have played mm. that. Like I said, I played Kerbal. It was fun because I got a bit of help from the Kerbal Space community. Uh, uh, I forget this guy's complete screen name, um, but I just call him Keith. Is um, it Keith? Uh, no, it's Keith. Oh, uh, K I K I E T. Yeah, that's uh, K-I-E-T. It sounds very similar, but it's not. And he's been, he was such a great help. The first time I streamed and afterwards when I streamed again, he was such a great help. He, he has played over a thousand hours of Kerbal Space Program. He got in 
are very early into the into the beta of the game. Like I like I I think I said it before. Like I paid fifteen bucks for the early access of Global Space Program. He paid nine, so it was really cheap when he got oh, in. Wow. And uh, yeah, he's he's seen it grow, and um, I guess I can call him a friend of the show now because. Uh, um, Hope I I don't know if he's listening to this episode. I hope he is. If you are, hi Keith. Um, thank you again for your help uh, during the stream. It was really fun. Um, you know, like I just started streaming again, so it's not like I had a million people watching me. It's like a small group of people. Um, we even got our our uh, our buddy on uh, thanks to you. Uh, <laughs> he was very excited to see me play. Uh, yeah, I I missed. He uh, one, I spoke to him uh, after that. Yeah. What did he say? He said that I told him, like, are you playing it right now after you've seen this? And he's like, no, no, no. I think I'm done because he got the platinum on the PS4 with the controller. Mm -hmm. And then and I said, like, but are you sure? And he said, like, yeah, I'm just probably going to start it up in a bit and play it again. So, Kerbal <laughs> <laughs> oh. is awesome. It is so cool. Uh, did I was I successful? Yes and no, um, but I'm not going to spoil how that went. You can watch the VOD. <laughs> but let, let me just put it this way. Kerbal is such a fun game to play, even if it's by yourself. But through this, I kind of rediscovered my love for streaming because just talking and interacting with people online and trying to figure stuff out is just, it. it I don't know, it kind of, Oddly enough, feels a need that I apparently had. I don't know. Uh, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed playing Kerbal again uh, for the first time in a long time, native on the system. Because before then, I was playing it on GeForce Now, and then they took it off GeForce Now, and I was so very, very sad. I'm still actually very, very sad. I kind of wish it would come back to GeForce Now, because I don't always have access to my computer to play it on. It would be nice to be able to play it on something else while I'm on the go. Uh, just just give us Kerbal, man. Just seriously, Activision, don't don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Just give us Kerbal on. Just give us Kerbal. Um, ex uh, still very excited that Kerbal Space Program Two is coming out. Hopefully next year, because that has multiplayer. So maybe we can actually do some multiplayer streams together. Um, maybe we can get our mutual friend also to play with us. I'm pretty sure he wouldn't mind. Because he loves Kerbal Space Program, maybe we can. Even I can tell on, you uh, that on the action. Uh, he he um, he played uh, he, he plays it on the he at least plays it on the PS4. He plays it on a Mac because he doesn't have a game PC, mm. and uh, a couple of us uh, have a game PC, and we're slowly turning everybody that's mocking us having game PCs because there was another friend. And he didn't have a game PC. He would only play uh, race games on the, the PlayStation, such as Gran Turismo. And every time we would tell him, like, hey, why don't you just build yourself a nice PC? You know, you can have it all, better graphics, blah, blah, blah. And he would always say, I don't play my games on office supplies. That's how he saw computers. The Dutch word he used for it was kantoorartikelen, which always made me laugh. And then... Uh, fast forward like till January of this year and then he suddenly bought like the best of the best like best, i uh, best Intel CPU i7 
Uh, then the, the the 30 series wasn't out yet. So it's like January of last year. Yeah. 2080 yeah. Ti, uh, the, you know, the whole shebang. He, he sends me a message like, hey, man, um, do you have any uh, recommendations for this list? Should I swap out some parts? Because I'm going to buy this one soon. I'm like, what? And I was like, yeah, you know, maybe you should take, look at this uh, liquid cooler, stuff like that. And then suddenly they have the PC. And then suddenly he upgrades his racing rig and he gets one of those expensive Fanatec uh, racing wheels. I can tell you, those are expensive. They're like mm-hmm. 1,200 euros or even more than that because it's like the real deal. And then our mutual friend, the rocket scientist, he's like, yeah, no, why should I play on the PC? Blah, blah, blah. If I ever bought a PC, I would do it for VR gaming. Blah, blah, blah. But I'm not going to do that. And so suddenly we've turned him as well. And he wants to buy, he wants to build his own PC. But of course, because of the pandemic, everything is expensive, especially GPUs. So he's on waiting lists for 3080s, but still no 3080s, especially with these inflated prices. So then the 3080 Ti comes out and he tries to buy one for 2,500 euros. And he thinks he, yeah, he thinks he hasn't been able to pull it off. So the next day, he sends us a picture and he says, what did I do? What should I do with this? And it's a brand new 3080 Ti in a box. (laughs) (laughs) He says, I don't know what to do with this. I I got this. Yeah. And then we told him like, I I, 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 I told him like, (laughs) I I would send it back, man, because 2,500 for GPU is crazy. Yeah. Especially if you go off on the reviews Mm -hmm. and the reviews say, um, is it going to ring? I don't know. Um, Not here, at least. So, like, so, so I said, like, twenty five hundred is insane for a GPU because you can build your whole PC for twenty five hundred. And then another friend says, "No, I should keep it. You should keep it, and you know, just uh, build your PC because now you have it." And so he starts to get into doubt. And then the other day, the same day, you streamed, and I spoke to him after the stream. and said, "What did you do with the thirty eighty? Because he was going to try to sell it off, but nobody bought it." He said, "I sent it back." So, ah. Oh, that's yeah. a little bit kind of a shame. Um, but then again, 25, yikes. Well, that is way too much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. for the. So uh, you'll be playing on PC with very, him next year. Yeah, I mean, that's great. I just hope that he has a. He doesn't overgo for whatever the graphics start again. Um, so I played that. Oh, no. I played He's that. waiting for I, a 3080 now, so. Uh, yeah, good luck with that. Nice. Maybe you should have just kept it. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, so he, I played He's not that. in a rush to get one, so. Yeah, that's fine. And Kerbal's not out yet, so he can wait. Um, so I played that. I played, I finally, like I said, I beat uh, Uncharted the last time. And I finally, 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 a couple of months ago, um, maybe like, a, yeah, a couple of months ago, I, um, phone call. You're a busy um, man. Shall we redirect the call to your secretary? Yeah, funny. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Yeah, so um, I actually finally, a couple of months ago, uh, on on discount, bought Persona 5 Royal. So that was really cool. And now with nice. the Uncharted trilogy done, that's my next step. So I'm going. I started right. playing that. I'm about 20 hours in, and I finally beat the first po- boss. Yeah. But uh, like, just like you with the heat, I was like, Nah, man, it's too much. 
but I've not been play I'm, I haven't yeah. like only a couple of days ago I like late I kind of powered through the first part um so now I'm just kind of playing it a little by little uh especially now that I've finished like the first boss that was really cool the game is so pretty but there's so many cutscenes like even for a JRPG there's a lot of cutscenes um but is it's the still fine. equivalent uh... It's the what now? The Hideo Kojima equivalent. <laughs> no, it's not that. That's not that bad. It's not like, oh, I can go up and make dinner bad. Um, because you still kind of need to go <laughs> through it. Uh, but yeah, it's Persona 5. It's, it's good It's uh, so far. Uh, I like the gameplay. They added a lot of stuff since Persona 4 that I actually like. Um, for example... Um, like this is the first Persona game that has the uh, the 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 conversation mechanic that the that the Shin Megami Tensei games have. Because if you don't know Persona, the Persona series is a spinoff of the Shin Megami Tensei games, and there you have this um, conversation mechanic where you can uh, <clears throat> try and convince the demons that you're fighting to either come to your side and fight for you or fight with you um, or give you money or give you items. And they put a simplified version of that in Persona 5, and it actually kind of works. Um, the conversations are relatively simple to go through. And you can choose either, you know, lend me your power or uh, give me all your money or give me an item. Um, so, like, if you, if you do, for example, give me an item... They'll either give it to you or they won't give it to you, depending on if they are, um, you know, like a higher level or not. And the same thing goes for the money part. The only part that's an actual conversation is when you're trying to convince them to join your side. Uh, which in the in the in the other ones is, um, uh, yeah, it, which in the other ones is uh, very, it's a bit more detailed in that aspect. But it's really cool to see, and they added a bunch of other stuff. But uh, so far, so good. It's, uh, it's fun. I'm having a lot of fun, and I think that's about nice. it. Nice. So, will you do the honors? Okay, wow. <laughs> yeah, because... I uh, will uh, try to uh, do it. Yeah, it's, it's not you. It's because I'm getting like disturbed the whole time, and I um, need to kind of answer stuff. So um, ah, Okay. So I'll do this quickly, then. Um, thank oh, you, you all for tuning time. in. <laughs> um so thank you all for tuning in to a new ep to, to our episode of game rivals um you can find us on all your favorite podcasting platforms uh, apple Podcasts, spotify uh, overcast uh, anchor uh, google play wherever we're probably there um you can reach us through email at game rivals feedback at gmail.com you can find us on twitter uh, game underscore rivals underscore uh, you can find maximilian on twitter uh, at Maximilian. Um, his YouTube channel is at Maximilian X, I think. Or that no. is right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his YouTube channel is Maximilian X, and it's the same on Twitch as well. So check him out there. Um, you can find us on Instagram as well at Game Rivals. That's where you will find Lee mostly. Um, at Maximilian underscore X is where you will find Maximilian. He also posts his. 
Twitch streaming schedule. So be sure to check it out if you don't already follow him. Well, I try um, to give people a heads up before I stream if I'm going to stream that day. Um, I don't. I'm going to try and stream at least when uh, I'm the. I don't think I'm going to be streaming before this episode comes out. I might stream a day after the the this episode comes out. Mm, nice. um, my schedule is still a little bit wonky, nice. so I have to wait and see how that goes. But uh, yeah, uh, I don't know what I'm going to be streaming yet. It might be Kerbal again, but I'm also um, I also picked up Death Stranding. If you follow me on my Instagram, you'll see that I picked up Death Stranding for like less than 20 bucks. Um, so I might do that instead. I don't know. But awesome basically game. my whole deal on Twitch is I randomly play games. Um, that's how I've always played it. I don't have a fixed game that I play except for the time that I was super serious into uh, Splatoon. But uh, my thing is mostly just mm. playing games randomly. And I mean, that, that way it's a bit varied. And it works. In that can the, be nice. I mean, it works in the current climate of uh, Twitch. You used to actually have to focus on a single game back in the day, but now it's way more varied and open. Mm. Um, so that that is actually nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, and I think I've covered them all then with that. So right. on that note, I have been and always be Sean Templer. And I have been and will always be Maximilian X. And we'll catch you on the next one. Later.